The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I'll hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. And I don't know what's going on with the left side of here, uh, but on the, the left side... It's uh, Bradley's educational video of My War. I think it was part four that we put up on Saturday. And then on the right side of the page is where we're at. Now, Bradley will be on with, at 3 p.m. Eastern today. I'm assuming he's going to be recuperated and uh, all set to go. So he should be live at 3 p.m. Eastern on the left side. On the right side is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on our device you got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat. Uh, we've got a lot of friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel. It's Sons of Liberty Radio uh, Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And uh, also, we are on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. And we appreciate Michael Roach and his team giving us a spot on their platform. Back to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, uh, right up under where we're streaming live. You can sign up for our email newsletter right up under that. It's uh, top right under the live stream. We send those emails out once a day, late afternoon, early evening, all the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So uh, be sure and sign up for that and uh, you know get the feed. And then don't forget, we still have the Soldier of the Cross book, uh, as well as the bundle that includes a shirt with the same artwork and then also a um, dog tag, Sons of Liberty dog tag, with uh, your choice of black or silver. And um, so be sure and check those out in our store. You can get there by way of the link off of sonsoflibertymedia.com, or you can also take and uh, you can go there directly with the Sons of Liberty. Don't forget the in front of it, the Sons of Liberty.squarespace.com. Be sure and check that out. Now, um, for those on the video platform, some people remembered. This this here, this is a toboggan. It's not one of those wooden things. Uh, we, my guest is shaking his head. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the toboggan down south. 
Okay, this is a toboggan, and our friends um, Bethany and Adam <laughs> got us all uh, one of these things, and uh, I, you know, we had such a great time there. I, I, I really did. I, I was worn slap out uh, because these things where you like come in. Uh, you cram everything into like two or three days and it's just nonstop. I think I was counting it up. I think I got from, uh, Wednesday morning when I got up. Now I didn't fly out till Thursday, but from Wednesday morning when I got up till the time I left, I think, which was on Saturday. And then I went to bed at eight o'clock on Saturday night from that Wednesday morning to then, I think I got like about eight hours of sleep during all those times. Uh, maybe nine, um, but I it was it was a blast. It was great to meet and put faces to some names who were in chat. Um, a lot of uh, people were just uh, a lot of you guys were just so kind um, and sharing what the show has been, how the Lord's used His Word and things in your life, and uh, what a blessing. I mean that I really do. What a blessing to see people's lives change not not little bits big bits we had a couple ladies tell us that they pulled their kids out of public schools and started homeschooling because they listened to the sons of liberty well that's not no glory to us that's glory to god he's the only one that can make the changes in our life he's the only one who can do that and we give him the glory for that and we praise god that he's working in your life um we got to meet a lot of people that uh, we've talked on the phone with exchanged some messages with um, some people that we didn't that we didn't know, and of course, I was more surprised <laughs> coming into the Grand Rapids area. Uh, I was going down to get my bags, and out of nowhere comes Jean. Um, you guys know Jean flies home. She comes in there and and hugs me, and she says, "I'm here to take you where you need to go." And and uh, it was just a, it was a great time. And then she gave me some of those uh, the the um, the vitamin B17.com guy. Uh, his, you know, be better bars and those are great. And it, you guys were just, you were wonderful up there in Michigan and I appreciate you so much. And I know the Lord's blessing there. I know it, uh, because, you know, I've heard Bradley speak and things at other places, but I can tell you this, those two nights we were there, I have never seen him exercise his gift the way he did. I, I haven't seen it. Maybe he does other places, uh, but I know I've seen him before, and it's not the same. It wasn't the same at all. And um, we had a great time with you guys, and thank you for having us up there. Um, I, I'm sorry for you guys who, you know, on Friday and Saturday. There was just no way around it. Uh, Thursday, I had that show ready to go with Dr. Lee um, while I was in the air. But uh, dummy me, it seems everywhere I go, I forget one little thing. I remembered the power cord, I remembered all the other stuff, and I forgot the microphone. And so that's why I couldn't get on. I tried every other way to try to use other microphones, but I couldn't be on. So I apologize for that. But we had a really great time. And one of the things that I had go on was uh, I had a friend that we had we had talked several times before, and uh, he became I don't I don't want to call him my chauffeur. That's not that's not very cool. But he was he was very kind to to bring his rig down there. And, uh, and him and his mother drove me back and forth to the places, and that was great. And then when we left, or when I left on Saturday, uh, you know, in the Lord's providence, uh, that night, uh, I, was, I had been given 
two pieces of pizza. Now I'll, I'll confess, I only ate one because I just I couldn't I, could, I just couldn't dip. My stomach was a mess from being up all night that Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and that's not anybody's fault but my own. But um, I had I had that, and then some friends gave us some cupcakes, which were wonderful. Uh, I ate one of those. There were four of them in this little thing, and uh, we got back on Friday night around. I don't know, 11.30 or so, and I went and just mapped out all my stuff, and I said, I can't eat these. I don't want to throw them away. So I went to the front desk, and the, the, the lady at the front desk and the service guy was there, and I said, would you guys like these? These are great cupcakes, but I can't eat them. I can't take them on the plane. And they were like, yeah, and so I tracked them and everything. The next morning, they said they were great. And then when I went to leave, I was trying to get an Uber car to the, the airport, and the phone wouldn't register. So I looked outside, and there's one of these transports out there. And I said, does this thing go to the airport? And the, the other maintenance guy was there, and he goes, well, he's not a maintenance guy. He, he drives the transport. He goes, yeah, it's going to leave at 6. I said, well, you know, this is like at 5.15 in the morning. I said, well, I, I need to go now. And he goes, oh, I'll, t- I'll take you. So, you know, it saved me a little money, and I got to talk with that guy and things. And it was just, it was a really nice um, uh, time together. Uh, no, Tom, I, I did that for six weeks. I did that for six weeks. I was very clear about that. I began to introduce other things. But I do not eat the way I used to eat. Um, and, you know, I, I've said it before. When the Bible gives us certain things, um, then... You know, we're to be thankful for them and uh, and to consume them, and the Lord blesses those things. But I do not eat the way I used to eat by any means. But uh, when people are kind to me and they share those things, I'm going to eat them. I'm going to give thanks for them. And uh, But that is not my regular diet by any means. Uh, in any case... I had the opportunity. We were going to we were going to try to do this on Friday, but again, my microphone was out, and um, so I couldn't make it work. So we're going to make it work this morning. And joining me this morning for the first time, and I'm happy to have him on the show, is William Moore II, and he's the guy who drove me around everywhere. And uh, William, good morning, man. Good to see you. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm recuperated, brother. I'm recuperated. I like I said, I went to bed at eight o'clock on Saturday night. I got up at 11.30 yesterday, <laughs> and it was, I was just, uh, I think the English word for that is knackered. I, I was beat, man, And uh, but I, I feel good this morning, and I wanted to bring you on to talk about some of the things that we talked about over the weekend, because you and I had some discussions, you know, as we got to drive back and forth to places and things of that nature, and of course, we talked sometime before that, too, uh, before I even came up there. And um, can you tell people, let's, let's just give you an introduction. Tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do. And you're a junior, you're a second. So, you know, I wanted to make sure people knew that so that we honored your dad as well. But tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into some of the talk that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the guy that, uh, that fills in where necessary. Um, I don't like to brag that I hold a lot of hats, but I like to give the respect of that to those who put me in those positions. Uh, so I, I chair the U S taxpayers party of Michigan, which is a constitution party affiliate here. Um, the secretary of States won't let us change our name, no matter who's in office. Um, I also operate a firearm store out of my home, uh, because my community didn't have one. And, uh, and I wanted to make sure that they had ample opportunity to get, arms and munitions uh, when they needed it. Um, 
I own and operate a business that my father and I started back uh, eight or nine years ago now, uh, remodeling houses. So I'm in and out dealing with the public uh, on a day-to-day basis for the most part. And we get to see all sorts of different people within the community and in the little city of Grand Rapids where where you came into. Um, Not only people like-minded that we hang out with, but I get to see more so the... uh, the degeneration of mankind um, and what what happens to Americans when we forget who we are and we involuntarily, I want to say, live as slaves under under a state system that's been set up. Um, I, I feel for those people. I really do. They uh, they don't know what they're doing. I think in most most aspects. And they're so caught up in it that they don't know how to get out of it. And uh, so, so you wanted to talk uh, kind of more about about militia work. Um, and yeah, a we, lot of we people... you know, William, we t- we titled today "Men, Militia, and Michigan." It's not M and M's. It's like a triple M. But yeah, you're right. We do want to talk about militia, but we want to talk about men. You know everything that's going on there specifically in your state. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Just want to clarify that. Yep. So the majority of people that I talk to, um, whether out of out of uh, ignorance or lack of wanting to do research, they they hear the word militia, and they think these vigilante Americans that are just bound uh, bound with arms to the teeth and are just desiring war. Uh, and that's not the case. If you read about uh, our history, the militia were actually the men of society. They were the ones with numerous tasks uh, that are found even in our constitution, and not only the federal, but state constitutions all across this nation as well. Uh, We cannot forget our state constitutions. Our federal constitution has very, very limited power. And so going through some of this, um, talking about the militia aspect as it was used in the revolutionary era with our founding fathers, Everybody, everybody by now should know the Second Amendment. I assume everybody on this show does. Uh, being a well-regulated re- militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, my friend, uh, when I first first had a lot of my information that I thought I knew changed around, uh, he brought up the statement: "If you were to rewrite that into something else." like a well-balanced breakfast being necessary for the good of mankind, the right of the people to keep and eat food shall not be infringed. <laughs> and eat food. Is it the breakfast's right to keep and eat food? Um, no, it's actually, it's still the right of the people to keep and eat, right? And the same thing, it's the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Thomas uh, Jefferson who was one of the proponents and one of our uh, one of our great fathers of the past? He defines the word infringement uh, when he talked to the Virginia uh, state statute on religious freedom, and he was quoted as saying in 1786, "Yet we are free to declare and do declare the rights hereby asserted, and are of the natural rights of mankind that 
if any act shall be hereafter passed to repeal the present or to narrow its operation, such an act would be an infringement of a natural right. He lays it out to say not only an infringement is the repeal or the removal of such to set up something new, but it's also defined as narrowing the operation of. And we can see clearly today that uh, not only the keep and bear arms, but the militia in general has been so narrowed that it's almost unusable according to statute. Um, all of those statutes are an infringement, and every one of them is unconstitutional. Yeah, that, a lot. Of, yeah, go ahead. A lot of people I talk to, uh, they say, "Well, what are arms? You know, you can have your rifles and your shotguns and uh, and muskets and such, and a pistol for self defense." Uh, but they they could no wise establish that the general public could maintain like tanks or aircraft. Uh, or missiles and such. Well, I got to tell you, the word arms comes from our Latin word arma, which means defensive arms, weapons of war, war, defense, and tools. Wait, 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 wait. Now, William, you know we don't need weapons of war. If you want to defend yourself, that's all. We don't need weapons of war. Don't I mean, don't you hear the cries from D.C.? We've got to get weapons of war off the street, although we, we will put them in the hands of the agents of the state. So I don't I don't I can hear the people out there going, what are you talking about, man? Don't you hear the mockingbird media? Don't you hear um, the decrepit Joe Biden who shouldn't be there in the office or all of these other people who want to infringe on our rights? Don't don't you know we don't need weapons of war, but that's exactly what we've been saying too. So go ahead. I, I'm just I'm just having a little fun with you. Yep. So on on that note, let's let's listen to what George Washington said about that. He said, "A free people ought not only to be armed and disciplined, but they should have sufficient arms and ammunition to maintain the status of independence from anyone who might attempt to abuse them." Right. And uh, it's included to say which would include their own government. And that's been a, a topic of debate, whether or not he actually said that line. But he says that the, that the, the people should have enough arms to be able to uh, protect themselves against anyone. All right. And as we know, Joe Biden last year, he stood up and he said that uh, that to be able to. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but my take on it was to be able to defend yourself against the American uh, American government that we would need F F 16s or F 18s, whatever he said, and nukes. And I was like, yes, absolutely. That's the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. Um, that's one of those that falls under the word arms. And even, even Noah Webster, 1828, he defined arms as weapons of defense uh, or armor of defense and protection of the body. Uh, it's war or hostility. Um, but he says, in law, arms are anything which a man takes in his hand in anger to strike or assault one another. That is anything, including a pencil or a paper clip here, whether it be uh, tanks or missiles uh, or corn cops, right? That is an arm, whatever tool you use to. That's an extension of you. It's an extension right. of you. Yeah. That is. And that's why it is not to blame. It is the one holding it that is to blame for its action. So 
Article 1 in our Constitution, uh, you've mentioned this numerous times, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16, we all know that the militia, the men, the people who have these arms are responsible for executing the laws of the Union to suppress insurrection and repel invasions, right? And that they are to provide for the arming and disciplining and organization of such. So, I'll, I'll bring this back into Michigan. This is my home state here. We we have it listed in our Constitution as Article One, Section Six in Michigan, and that is that every right, or I'm sorry, every person has a right to keep and bear arms for the defense of himself and the state. That the militia, Article Three, Section Four, should be organized, equipped, and disciplined, provided by law. It is the same phrases that we see used in our, our U.S. Constitution that's established here in Michigan. But I'd like to take that right into our statute law, since our legislators are responsible for uh, arming, equipping, and disciplining the men who serve in this regard. In, in Michigan, our governor is supposed to be commander-in-chief of the armed forces and may call them out to execute laws, suppress insurrection, repel invasion. It's all the same that we hear. But in statute, this is uh, 32.509 in Michigan, that the organized militia of the state, oh, thank you, uh, taken collectively shall be known as the state military establishment and constitutes the armed forces of the state. The organized militia consists of the Army National Guard, Air National Guard, and the Defense Force when actually in service or in existence, as provided by this act. The unorganized militia, the last half of this, consists of all other able-bodied citizens of the state and all other able-bodied citizens who are residents of the state who have or shall have declared their intentions to become citizens of the U.S., who shall be age 17 or over and not more than age 60 and shall be subject to state military duty as provided in this act. So in Michigan, we have, by statute, we have two separate militias established and the governor may call either militia to execute the three duties that we have. And I say three duties, not rights, because if we're going to serve in this regard, it is our responsibility to fulfill that. Um, also in 32.555, it says that the governor may order into defense force any member of the unorganized militia in case of riot, tumult, breach of the peace, resistance of process, or for service in aid of civil authority, whether state or federal, in, in time of actual or imminent public danger, disaster, crisis, catastrophe, or other public emergency within this state. Now, I thought we were just supposed to uh, enforce laws, suppress insurrection, repel invasion, or such. But here we also have breach of the peace. We also have resistance of process. And for service with any civil authority in uh, actual or imminent public danger or so, disasters so or let me ask this just just for clarity because I think I think we're on the same page here. Um, you the the militia are to be, for lack of a better term, let, let's use let's use the modern vernacular. They're to be the thin blue line. That but that's the men of the state. It's not an 
independent organization that's a them, us, it's us. We're supposed to be the ones carrying out our duty because of the rights God has given us, right? I just want to make sure people are clear on that. That's right. That's right. We, the people, established our government contracts, known as the Constitution, and we, the people, are the militia. Um, it's like uh, you, you can't you can't exercise an authority that has not been given to you, right? And we we like to complain about that in government all the time that the, the governors have usurped their power and overstepped their bound, or the legislatures have usurped their power uh, and overstepped their bounds and and uh, infringed upon the rights of the people. But they don't have the authority to do so because it is not uh, originating from them. The authority originates from the people That's through right. God that has set up this nation and these states. And unless we grant them that authority, they have no authority to do so. And you've mentioned it before. The the police forces are, are not mentioned in our Constitution. Those are those are all set up by statute. And I believe in every state. I've not found one that's that actually has um, a police force governing by their supreme law and not just by, by statute. But they are to be the the uh, security of the citizens. Um, they are to come in when a crime has been committed, or if they see one, they I mean they are still people, right? They are still under that we the people. If they see one, they also have the duty to put a stop to it. Um, so I'm not going to take that away from them. By no means do I stand against police, but I, I do stand for those who uphold their oath and are willing to do what is necessary to fulfill their duties. Correct. Yeah. Then, you know, and one of the things that we talked about on, uh, what was it, Friday night, you know, we were going through a little history on uh, the Second Amendment, about militia and such. And one of the things that, that was interesting, I, I had so much stuff and I left out just a ton of things. In fact, I left out Abraham, which was a, uh, you know, that, that was, that, that's like my, my little pet thing right there is to say, here's the, for people who say, well, you know, we shouldn't exercise violence, uh, that violence is always bad. No, it's, sometimes violence is a good thing. Uh, the Bible calls, uh, you know, God himself a man of war. Uh, so, so violence has its place, but the question is, is it, uh, is it honorable? Is it to you know uphold law and justice and things of this nature, or is it to commit crimes? And that's the difference between the the kinds of violence. Violence has to meet violence to stop those who are abusing it. And one of the things that James Madison wrote, 1788, he said, besides the advantage of being armed, the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation the existence of subordinate governments to which the people are attached and by which the militia officers are appointed forms a barrier against the enterprise of ambition. Oh, that's that's kind of an that's kind of a light way of saying the enterprise of tyranny. That's really what it is. More insurmountable than any which a simple government of any form can admit of. I mean, I you know, these guys had been through it. They had seen it and they were it seems they were careful. I think in some cases they weren't maybe I'm seeing things now. I'm thinking, uh, ah, you guys could have, you know, built on this a little more, but they had, they were, they were, they were products of their time. Now I want to kind of correspond because some people say, okay, well, I'm not in Michigan. You're talking about all this Michigan stuff. Uh, and I would challenge them. And I'm sure you would too. Go to your state constitutions, see what it says about a militia. 
pull up your state constitution. Guys, you have tools that I didn't have when I was a kid. I tell my kids this. I said, you guys got tools at your fingertips. You want to know something? Put it in and learn about it. People are making videos on how to fix your cars, how to... You know, how to do all this kind of, you can learn anything you want. And militias are no different. There are guys talking about this too. This is South Carolina. Now, our our Constitution states, I mean, it's verbatim the Second Amendment of the Federal Constitution for South Carolina. But this is some of the things that we have in Article 13, uh, Sections 1 through 5. These are a couple of things. Let me just give these just so people get see the correspondence between us and, and say, Michigan as well. The militia of this state shall consist of all able-bodied male citizens of the state between the ages of 18 and 45. Yes, they're males. No offense, females, but, you know, our duty as males is to protect you, to protect children, to protect one another, uh, to secure the, the free state that we have. Um, and so he, he says it's men, except such persons that are now or may be exempted by the laws of the United States or this state, or who from religious scruples, and we talked about that a little bit on Friday too, may be adver- adverse to bearing arms and shall be organized, officered, armed, equipped, and disciplined as the General Assembly may law may by law direct. Uh, and then section two, uh, when exempt from arrest, the volunteer militia forces shall, except for treason, felony, and breach of the peace, be exempt from arrest by warrant or other process while in active service or attending muster of the election of officers. So if you're in that and the state wants to come after you, they're violating the Constitution. Okay, If they want to come after you because you're trying to, to, to do your duty as a militiaman, then they're going against the Constitution here, or while going to or returning from either of the same. Then Section 3, Governor may call out. The Governor shall call, shall have the power to call out the volunteer and militia forces, either or both, to execute the laws, repel invasions, suppress in, insurrections, and preserve the public peace. So ours is very similar to yours in, in what we're saying. We're all saying the same thing, it sounds like to me. And then we have Section 4. There must be an adjunct general. The position of adjunct general is recognized as holding the rank of major general, and the adjunct general's duties and compensation must be prescribed by law. The governor, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall appoint staff officers as the General Assembly may direct, beginning upon the expiration of the term of the adjunct general, serving in the office, blah, 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 and we get on with that. And then the final one is this, Section 5. Um, the General Assembly is hereby empowered and required as it first as its first session after the adoption of the Constitution to provide such proper and liberal legislation as will guarantee and secure an annual pension to every indignant, indigent, I'm sorry, not indignant, indigent uh, or disabled Confederate soldier and sailor of this state and of the late Confederate states who are citizens of the state and also to the indigent uh, widows of Confederate soldiers and sailors. So they had covered things out even after the War of Northern Aggression. They had set these things in place. And it sounds to me like it's saying the same thing. That It's a little bit different wording, but it covers the same things that Michigan does as well. And I'm sure, and again, I think you would encourage people as I would, get your state constitution out and see what it says about militia. And then you men start bonding together in those communities and building those communities up, uh, not to tear it down and, and go crazy uh with your firearms but but to to bond together as a community so that you're there for one another to defend against the tyranny that might come against you that's right and michigan is known for for its uh militia use um the michigan militia originally uh led up by norm olson 
that is well known across not only the media, but in the Senate. Uh, a lot of people remember him speaking in the Senate. Um, and they became very large in the state. Uh, but right now, our, our state militia specifically, we're, we're very divided. Uh, and we're divided on issues. Uh, we all agree to the point where we we know what the duties are. But it's all the little things that we can't agree on out here that keep us divided and keep us from progressing what uh, progressing to the use of the militia. Um, we can't come together on a lot of things. So we had uh, back in 2020, we had a lot of riots and tumult within the cities out here. Um, during the the larger uh, BLM protests and the the pride protest or the pride parades and such out here, they they came into our cities, and even in Grand Rapids there where you were, um, they did several several million dollars in damage, and not all of them. Um, there were a lot that were there uh, protesting what they they thought was right, but never never touched private property, but. Uh, there were quite a few that did and caused much damage. Um, one of the places it was it was just a small bowling alley, and y'all y'all may remember what happened out in Kenosha with Cal Rittenhouse. Um, that same thing happened not only there but in numerous spots across the states. And we had a a bowling alley that I used to bowl at as a kid. Um, I knew the owners of it and such, and the call came through from some of. Uh, my other friends that we we've been tasked with uh, with going and protecting this guy's property because somebody had gone through and shot it up the night before um, there are bullet holes all over the all over the siding and through the glass so we got the call to go out there and help this guy out which we did willingly um, I told my wife it's like it I, I've got to go I've got to do this and she said just come back I said no problem no problem um, as long as we do it for the right reasons, God will God will take care of the rest here. Amen. We all banded together. There were about twelve of us, uh, boots on the ground, snipers on roofs. Um, it's a fairly large area out there, um, just outside of the city. And and we held held that ground until their security that they pay for came out and relieved us. But while we were there, we made sure to call our uh, our city chief of police. Uh, because we we saw the damage that happened the nights before, and we wanted to make sure that he knew we were there and what we were doing. And we called him and told him exactly that, but we left it open and we said, if you need a hand down there, just call us and we'll come down uh, and we'll take care of whatever needs to be done. And the, the chief of police was actually the one to, to come back and tell us, no, we don't need you, just stay out. Right. It was that same night uh, that they did another several million dollars in damage to properties. And the chief of police was actually the one to come out and take a knee before those who meant to uh, maliciously destroy. Yeah. He didn't he didn't arrest them. He didn't go after them, didn't prosecute them. He took a knee before them. He committed uh, of, he, he committed treason against the people that he's supposed to serve by doing that. He did. He did. Uh, whether out of cowardice or ignorance or 
uh, not wanting to cause an uproar any even more. But like I said the people were ready to put a stop to it. Um, several, a lot of us were ready to put a stop to it, and we did. We did what we could do without having a big problem between us and the police force there. Um, but needless to say, the the area that we were in. Uh, never saw a single rioter. Never saw any more damage after that, and uh, and I, I thank God for that. And I thank God that He was able to bring men like that together to do it. Amen. Amen. Let me let me bring this one in here too because I was making mention to uh, uh, Judah on on Friday night about Norm Olson. You mentioned him, and I happened to get. I don't know, there's like eight or nine parts of that Senate thing. And and it, it came out, just so people have a little bit of understanding, that hearing came out of the Oklahoma City bombing because that's when they began to really demonize the militia. And I had never heard of Norm Olson. And I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I learned in the process of all this. And uh, this is going to be a little short clip. It's about two minutes. But boy, if you, it, I encourage you, if you have not listened to this uh, Senate Inquisition is all I can say. And Norm held his own on this. I mean, I love the fact that he called out Arlen Specter uh, for the, the criminal that he was. But he, he laid out, you know, what the militia is. It's not all, you know, weekend warrior stuff. It's about information, sharing information. It's about knowing your community. It's all these kinds of things. I want people to hear this, Bill, and then maybe get your comments on what he says here. But this is uh, Norm Olson. Uh, what was this? This was back in the early 90s? I think it was, um, that this went on. It might have been earlier. But anyway, you can find all the parts. I'll see if I can get them. I was trying to get them over the weekend. And Rumble is like, I don't know, uh, somehow shadow banning Norm Olson. If you put his name in there, you only get a couple of videos. And none of, I don't even know, one of them's mine, but it was one where we did a show on that tied to the Jesuits and stuff. But this is Norm Olson. Take a listen. Uh, I cannot understand how anybody could understand why... This is Arlen Specter speaking, by the way. Oklahoma City Federal Building as a matter of retribution. Well, then you don't understand the problem that we've had in Northern Ireland. You don't understand the problem that we've had in South Africa. You do not understand the, the hatred and the retaliation, the retribution and the revenge that has been going on around this globe for, for, since time immortal. Then you don't understand the dynamics, sir. Well, Mr. Olson, uh, I may not understand, uh, and that's why we've had these hearings, so that you could have a full opportunity to express yourself. May I, may I make a correction for the record, too? Senator Cole raised a, a, a poster a moment ago uh, showing um, uh, Hitler with his hand raised in the air. So that's a copyrighted poster uh, produced by Jews for the Preservation of Firearm Ownership. Uh, it is not the work of some militia organization. So just to make that a comment for the record. Well, we'll pick up your comment about copyrights and about Jews uh, 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 in a few minutes. No, sir, I believe, I believe you're trying to lay at the feet. You're trying to lay at the feet of the militia some culpability as a responsibility. You're trying to make us out to be something that we are not, much like the press has tried to do over this last year. Uh, we are not what you think we are. We are not what the press wants to feed to the American people. We are people who are opposed opposed to racism and hatred. We are people who love our government and love the Constitution. There's been the design and the blueprint for governments around this world. We're proud of the United States of America. But the thing that we stand against is corruption. We stand against op oppression and tyranny in government. And we, many of us, are coming to the conclusion that you best represent that corruption and tyranny. There are, there are millions 
40 to 70 million Don't. Americans out there on the other side of the Alleghenies, and there is intelligent life west of the Alleghenies, sir. And I believe that you have to talk to those people out there. You're, you're wasting precious time. <laughs> I love that. You're the embodiment of all that we stand against. <laughs> He's basically what he says. What do you make out of that, William? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and bear in mind, this is uh, this this is stemming from the Oklahoma City bombing, where where Timothy McVeigh was uh, was pinned for that. Um, and if you look deeper, that is it's another giant false flag that came up. Um, that's a little side note. Timothy McVeigh is is a relation of mine, just a little a little farther out than uh, than what I can call a you know a brother or sister or cousin, but. Uh, but yeah, so Timothy McVeigh had just been pinned for his so-called part in the Oklahoma City bombing, and he was one of the militia members there. So Norm Olson is coming out in defense of not only the militia, but he's coming out in defense of his brother, his brother in arms here. Amen. And and I loved what he was doing. I actually just met the guy uh, two weeks ago who gave Norm Olson counsel before he went to the Senate hearings. Um, that, that was really cool, just as a side note. But uh, like Thomas Jefferson, I, he said, no no free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. And what country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. Um, there, are, there are thousands and thousands of quotes we can find on this um, that describe what our founding fathers had entailed, what they had meant when they put up the second amendment um and like we like we started the show out this is not just about arms it is about communities it is about the people if we're not willing to stand up and protect one another uh then then we hate our brothers and if we hate our brothers scripture says we we've we've committed murder yes right? that's right if we don't love our own brethren um if we hate them, that's murder. And if we hate our brothers, it's it's clear to see who we serve. Uh, because if we hate somebody that we can see, uh, or if we don't love somebody that we can see, how can we love somebody that we can't? Um, that that's very clear. It's easy to easy to pick people out in that regard. But uh, yeah, and it and there is an issue, and I want to bring this in because I just made mention of it a little while ago because I forgot to make it on on Friday. But this is this is like. One of these passages out of Scripture that speaks to this issue, and again, you know, both both Paul and James reference uh, Abraham uh, in two different measures. They, you know, Paul references him of how he's made righteous by believing the word of the Lord, uh, the promise that he's going to send the Messiah, and so his faith is in God in that, and that's accounted to him as righteousness. And then James says, well, we're not saved by faith alone, so is the Bible contradictory? No, not on any case, because James is talking about what a man does— it demonstrates that he's been justified. It's kind of like when Jesus said, told the guy who, who couldn't walk, his friends dropped him in the middle of the room, and he says, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees are going, how, did, how does he do this? Only God can forgive sins. And that's kind of an invisible thing you can't see. And he goes, well, is it harder for me to say that or to say, get up and walk? And so he looks at the guy and he says, get up and walk. It's kind of like, that's the vindication. When God makes a man righteous, that's something somebody can't see. But it works its way out 
when the man says, I am Christ, I've been born again, I've been forgiven of my sins, it works its way out in works in that man's life. And that's what James is saying. He's not justified by his faith alone, but by works. And so he demonstrates that his faith is not something that doesn't impact him or others, but it does. It actually works itself out. And so here we read in Genesis 14, this is one of the things. And guys, Abraham had his own little militia going on. This is the father of the faith, if you will. Uh, and we read that the kings had went out early uh, from verse 1. They went out. It was springtime, and they got together, and they fought. I, I never have understood that. <laughs> Just they they this this is the time of year. Let's let's just go kill people. I, I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, verse twelve. And they took Lot's Lot, Abraham's brother or Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt. See, that's what we. That's what. It should be the reference to the people, the Hebrews. That's why we have a book called the Book to the Hebrews, right? Um, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eschol, the, and brother of Aner, and these were confederate uh, with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants. Listen to that a second. He armed his trained servants who were born in his own house, 318. I mean, he had a lot of guys in his household, and he pursued them unto Dan. By the way, they were they were not from his loins, and yet they were part of the covenant. Why? Because they received the same circumcision that his boys did, okay? And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them. He didn't ask anybody's permission. He's going after the kings over this issue and his armies and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And, listen, God, God gave him favor, didn't he? He brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people and the king of Sodom. We read about this as sort of a picture of Christ beforehand. The king of Sodom, many believe this was Christ. Uh, he went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter uh, of Cherdolum. Yeah, that's a big one. That's an anatomy word, isn't it? Chir and I didn't look it up to, to pronounce it correctly. Cherdolomer. I, I'm assuming that's how you say it. And of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shava, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, this is the guy that people believe uh, could have been Christ himself, the king of Salem or the king of Jerusalem, brought forth bread and wine. Doesn't that sound familiar? And he was high, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So he tithed to him. And we read that later on, that the Levites, you know, the priests who were to receive those things, they they tithe through Abraham because they were in his loins at the time. But I, this is an amazing thing to me. Here's the father of the faith, the example that we're given in the New Testament of what faith, real faith looks like, what, you know, real the forgiveness of sins and the empowerment of grace and the Spirit of God looks like he's got he's got a militia force in his own household and they're not afraid to use them you know uh and and to go win the day and i think that's this is the part that everybody focuses on but it's that it's that part he said they were trained men so there were there was a lot of training going on when to use force when not to use force how to do it how to work together all of these things which are part of the body and and i i think i mentioned to you uh, when we were riding uh, together, that I see the militia 
as the church. I, I, it's supposed to be godly men who stand up and they defend. Why? Because that's what God's called us to do. That's right. If you notice, it was very clear that the Lord blessed Abraham, and Abraham did not ask permission from his local government or his authority, uh, uh, whoever was in authority at the time, whether it be the king or or some other government body over there. But he did not ask authority to do what he knew was right. Um, he went in and he did what he had to do to fix the problem, to uh, to go in and get Lot back out. And and the Lord blessed him for that. He didn't he didn't fear man. He didn't fear the consequence. He just went in and did it. Um, and that that's that's the point that we as Americans have to get to. We need to be willing. I, I say I say this a lot on uh, uh, whenever I'm, I'm I'm on air, whether it be TV or radio. But my father had a, had a way of saying uh, saying it, and we all know that. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result, right? Well, if you turn that around, you got to realize that if you want the results you used to get, you have to be willing to do the things that you used to do. Doing something new is not going to produce the results of old. And if we want to get back to the old past, the old ways, uh, even in the foundation here in America, we need to be willing to do what our fathers were willing to do, and that is to uphold the law, to enforce the law, repel invasion, suppress insurrection, and and bind together as communities to get it done. Um, now, in, in the political realm that, that I'm in, uh, I hear the majority of people focused on you know, who's president or who's in Congress, what's going on in the federal government. And I, I'm I'm going to tell you, I, I don't believe that we as as people are going to be able to take anything in the federal government and, and try to fix it. Uh, I think it is beyond repair. Um, the only thing we have is our state governments. And to be able to restore our state governments, I'm not talking about fixing or changing, I'm talking about restoration uh, to our founding principles, to be able to get to that point, we have to be willing in our communities to set up godly men, like Exodus says, uh, those who fear God, who hate uh, filthy lucre, uh, we need to be willing to set them up uh, in our local communities that they can help us move forward into our counties and our counties can help us move forward into our districts, and our districts can help us move forward in our state, and and start local where your voice matters and your actions matter, and then we will be able to see change. But as long as they've got, as long as they have us focused on what's going on at the federal level, or farther than that, what's going on in Ukraine or Israel, as long as they have the focus out there. Our focus doesn't lie in our own communities where it matters. And that's where we're going to be able to make the difference. Um, with God's help, we can get in there and do this, man. But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. But it's something that needs to be done because no one else is going to come in and do it for us. 
Well, that's true. That's exactly nobody. Nobody is going to come in and do it for us. And that's why it's so important that that the men understand this kind of stuff. And and it starts, you know, I talked about on Thursday, it starts in our in our own lives, in our homes with our families. And then it 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 comes out from there. So you're exactly right. And this is why I think it's so important for men to get that in their minds and in their hearts and start to act upon it, to gather with other men, to disciple other men, to, you know, as the scripture says, sharpen the iron sharpening iron, uh, to inform one another, to learn how to do these duties that we have. Um, a lot of it, you know, when we're talking about we're to be the, we're in essence to be the police force in our own communities. Um, you know, we've lost a lot of that. I can remember as a kid, we used to have neighborhood watch. You know, you just you would drive around if somebody wasn't it was in your neighborhood who wasn't supposed to be there and they looked like they were up to no good. You were you were there to help them get on their way. I told you about my uncle. He would go up and down his road and he would say, this is my road. I'm going to make sure that people are safe here. And if somebody had, you know, a car trouble, he'd help fix them, get them on their way. If they were out to no good, he'd get them on their way. And he said, you're not going to be here because this is my road. And he he would look out for the people of his neighborhood. And a lot of men have lost that. I know there's a lot of men in our neighborhood who haven't. Uh, they they continue to look after their neighbors, and that's what we were talking also on Friday night, which was what real love looks like. It, it's it's a demonstration. It's not something we say here. It's it's actually something that we do in action. Yeah. Yep. So Thomas Jefferson wrote to Thomas Cooper in 1814. Um, he said that the Greeks and the Romans had no standing armies yet they defended themselves. The Greeks defended themselves by their laws, and the Romans by the spirit of their people. They took care to put into the hands of their rulers no such engine of oppression as a standing army. Where do you think we get that from in our Constitution? Yeah. Their system was to make every man a soldier and oblige him to repair the standard of his country whenever that was reared. This made them invincible. And the same remedy will make us so. Um, that's just a little clarification on what I was saying there, uh, that if we get back to our old paths, that is possible. We can get the same results we used to, we used to get. Amen. Um, Thomas Paine said the Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. So the Second Amendment, um, I mean, it, it's focused on arms. We know that. but. Uh, even as Christ said in, in Luke twenty two thirty six, when he was talking to the disciples, um, he had told them that, that up to that time, he had sent them out without purse or script or shoes, and they didn't, they didn't lack anything while they were with him. Uh, but then he told them that if you have a purse, take it, um, and also your script. And if you, he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why we're told to do that. Yep. And it's not just our own defense, uh, but it's it's to protect the innocent around us, those who cannot. Bill, can uh, we hold that, you over just a couple of minutes? Is that okay? Because we're, sure. we're, we're out of time on the radio show. We'll continue on the video platform. Bill's going to hang with us a little bit. If you want to call and you want to give a question for Bill, 803-619-9855. Jump on sonsoflibertymedia.com for the rest of this, before it's news.com, or rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. And we'll see you again in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Adios. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. And uh, Bill, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but we were just out of time on the radio part, so we're still on the video platform. And again, 
If you got a question for Bill, you want to call in, we'll take your call. 803-619-9855. 8036 uh, and I should have that up on the screen. I, I guess I took that off for when we were doing things with uh, uh, Dr. Lee the other day. 8036199855 if you want to give us a call, happy to take your call, comment or question. Please stick to the topic though, okay? All right, Bill, I'm back to you. I'm going to let you finish your thought there. Yeah, so so he told us to to uh, be willing to sell our own garment to buy a sword. And I've heard I've heard it even said from the pulpit. Well, he's, ta- he's talking about swords, you know, just just a dagger or something to to be used as a tool. Um, no, he's talking about swords as in their arms, their weapons of war at the time. Um, it it is it is beyond clear that that we are to be armed by this point. Um, that at this point in the show, it should be beyond clear that we are to be armed in that regard. Uh, Thomas Jefferson had also said that the laws that forbid the carrying of arms are laws of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. That's right. Rather to encourage them to prevent homicides. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. Uh, and that's absolutely true. Those those who intend to commit crimes, they don't fear the victim, they don't fear the police, and they don't fear the judge or jury, lest they would not do it. Um, we need to make sure that we can prevent it at the start. Where the victim is is where it needs to be prevented. We don't need to uh, install the fear of judge or jury so much, um, though that would fall under the fear of God. We need to install it at the, at the at the victim level and make criminals aware that we are armed and we will prevent any crime that we see. Right? That's that's part of our duty in enforcing the law. Yep. So, There's so, another thing, Bill. I, I, I want to kind of bring this in. I want to get your thoughts on this, and and if you want to continue, that's fine. You remember we saw uh, some of these guys uh, up in the Chicago area, the Black Panthers, and then we saw uh, a black militia group down, I think it was in Georgia, and it was like a, a, a white militia group was being antagonistic towards them. And I sit here and I thought, what are you guys fighting over? Why are you fighting each other? Man, I, want, I would love to win those guys. I would love to win. I'd love to win the Black Panthers. I'd love to win the, the 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 Black Militia group that was down in Georgia. I'd love to win them to the people's side, to to where we're not fighting each other. We're fighting the tyrants, the real tyrants, not the ones they've they've pitted us against each other because of a color of our skin, but the ones who are constantly oppressing them, uh, oppressing us. And you know, I'm not oppressing blacks. Blacks aren't oppress, oppressing me that I've seen. It comes from those who are supposed to be serving us. Why can't we all get on the same page? What are the hang-ups that you see that keep people from coming together? What What's going on there? Do you see any of those? I know you do because we talked about some of this. You know, it's a lot of what the media promotes. Um, the media and and stemming from, from our government agencies, they continue to promote promote uh racism they continue to divide people on color they continue to divide people on religious affiliation uh i mean the the list goes on and on and on and people have become indoctrinated or to the point where they they don't necessarily believe it but it is always 
it is always in their mind and working. Um, what did Adolf Hitler say? If you tell a lie loud enough, long enough, and often enough, the people will believe it. And and that's kind of what I see. You may not even be believing the lie, but it's been ingrained so much that it affects how you think of somebody when you see them or how you think of somebody when you hear them talk. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. I have, I have, I have predetermined uh, things in my head that when I hear, I, I, I start to assume that you're talking about something else. Um, and one of those is a lot to do with, uh, uh, and this is going a little bit out, but a lot to do with agenda 21 and agenda 30. When I hear certain words like sustainability, I, I would immediately uh, throw up a red flag and say, hold on a minute. I need to make sure you're speaking about what you're speaking about, unless I come to some false conclusion. And I think a lot of that is with the people as well, that we that we do that and we keep that division going between us. Um, we begin fighting amongst our own brethren instead of fighting those who would divide us. All right. Yep. And they're doing a very good job at keeping a division going. Um, they've been doing it for, for years and years and years. Satan has, has, you know, had plenty of time to work on this. Um, he's been around longer than we have everybody. So it's, it's good to know our enemy's tactics before we, we go into battle here. We need to count the costs, right. And understand what's going on. But that, that's what I see going on and has been going on for some time and uh, and we need to get all of that out of the way uh, before we can bind together and start making the necessary steps so yeah. while, while you and Bradley were up here Tim and, and I, well, I want to thank you specifically for that um, <laughs> you had mentioned chauffeur earlier and I'm perfectly fine being <laughs> called a chauffeur that was that was my job uh, from the men who were setting this up and I, I will gladly take it amen uh, but and very graciously, Bradley. even your even your mom was with us, and uh, we had a good time. And I I got to tell you, I I was in Bill's truck. This thing is a beast, man. I mean, I was like, is this a three fifty or four? No, it's a five fifty, man. I mean, it it sounds like a tractor trailer. And uh, I, I think we ran a couple of people off the. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, but we, we had a good time together, and I'm so appreciative of your kindness to drive me back and forth, pick me up and stuff, uh, as well as Gene picking me up from the airport, and and then that guy who took me there, and just everybody. I, I, I just I can't say enough. I, you guys were just great. It was great meeting everybody out there. That's right. That's right. And that's that's all love and action, brother. Amen. Um, it is. If I had not, if I had not loved you enough, I, I, I wouldn't have spent what I spent to do it. Uh, and I'm not bragging on myself here, but that, that is the epitome of what we are to do, uh, for the brethren. Amen. Um, and I had a thought and I forgot what it was now. Well, but, we can, uh, we can oh, all, yeah. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you got that thought, go ahead. Well, while you and Bradley were up here, we had talked about binding everybody together, um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk with Bradley farther on that, but uh, but all the people who have been part of uh, what you have been doing up here, it's, it's time that we all get together and and talk about what the solution is. Where do we need to go? What is the next action? The next step that we need to take? Because um, there there are there are hundreds of us up here, and like Bradley said, we're all saying the same things, guys. Uh, we just have our own little dividing lines that we don't want to cross, uh, whether that be even party affiliation or, uh, 
um, you know, that even the term militia or your your religious affiliation here. Uh, we have lines we don't want to cross, and all of those lines keep the division going between us. So he wanted to set up set up something where we can all come together and, and talk about this. And I'm telling you, I, I am more than ready for such things. Um, you heard me say at the beginning of the show, I, I chair the U.S. Taxpayers Party in Michigan, and the people in the party who put me there understand this principle. And it is simply that I my final intent within a political party is to destroy everything that I've worked for. And and I'm not saying that to to say that when I'm gone, I want no one else to take it. I'm saying that as I'm I work to build a avenue of restoration um, because ballot access is important uh, if we can get our elections fixed. But I work to build an avenue of restoration so that I may have the opportunity to pull the rug out from all of this political party nonsense. Amen. And not only destroy what I've worked for so much, but to take it all out at the ground level. Um, it, it needs to be gone. John Adams knew that. Washington knew that. Uh, and we allowed that to get set up. And we've allowed it for so long that that, that is one of the heavy divisions among the American people. Uh, and we got to put a stop to that, guys. We really do. That's exactly right. I, you know, I, I was gonna I was gonna play this little short thing because I got this clip, and uh, there's a background on this. Um, <laughs> I, get, I guess I need to give this before I play it. But um, at breakfast on Friday morning, we were all talking, and uh, Adam is uh, Adam Heikler. We've had him on the show. Him and Bethany uh, are really great out there in helping to set some things up as well. For I, I think they had a major hand in, in setting all these things up as well, and so we appreciate you guys doing it. They also got me this great little toboggan here, and I am going to be using it this winter because it's, it's thick, but it's not too thick, so you can wear this you know, kind of any, anytime you want. But uh, Adam's sitting there talking about his days of football and uh, uh, uh going up against a, a teammate who had been taking steroids or something. And Adam's doing this thing, and he'd beat the guy down, and then he'd get back in there, and he would do this face. And it was just cracking me up. So the night before we left, I had to have a short little video thing, and just so people see it, because I just, every time I watch it, I just, I crack up because I go back to that conversation of what he's doing. This is Adam doing that. Check this out. We got to put our game face on. That, isn't that right, Bill? We got to put the game face on for this stuff that we're dealing with. This is Adam That's doing right. that. <laughs> 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 it is growling and stuff. I I just, I love that. I'm never going to forget that conversation and him doing it. And, and right there, it wasn't quite the same as that morning, but it was great. But we do. We got to get our game face on. And I mean that in, in as serious as I can. I think you do, too. And putting away the small debate. Look, if you've got something of conscience that's one thing or whatever, you know, you believe, you know, some little thing out there or whatever, put that stuff aside. Let's get to the root issue. And that is we're to serve and love one another under God the true God, the God of the Bible, the one that our foundations were established upon when uh, our forefathers came over from Scotland and from England and settled in the colonies, that God, the one who is the theocrat, he is the king, he is the lawgiver, uh, and the only one, 
And we got to get our act together as to understanding how he set the principles up about what he calls us to do and then coming together. And look, that means if you're a Presbyterian, come be with us. If you're a Baptist, come be with us. If you're a Methodist, come be with us. If you're a charismatic, come be with us. But let's center around our king. Let's not get caught up in the little divisions that we have. There may be some important aspects to some of those things, but here's the thing. If you're going to let that divide you from the bigger picture of the tyrants that are that are here to take our kids, take our, our wives, take our property, um, to tax us infinitum, um, to throw us in jail, to murder us or whatever, then you have missed the big picture. You really have for the sake of your little particulars. And you go off into these schisms and these sects that don't honor Christ in the midst of them. And, you know, I... Look, I can call out all kinds of different theology. That doesn't mean that I hate the people who might hold to those things. Uh, I do. I do despise people who are heretics. Uh, I, I just. I despise that stuff. And I, if I can correct them, I'll try to correct them. But um, you know, if if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're doing, and even if you're not, I've opened that up too because I see the militia as a way to disciple those who are not bowing the knee to Christ. I see it as a way to get in their life and to influence them with the Word of God and the teachings of Christ. Christ didn't stay away from sinners. He went to them. And today's modern church wants to stay as far away from sinners, even though they are them, who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and they've been made saints, okay? Uh, And the Bible says that we're saints. Uh, we, We need to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, and we've got to go even to the sinners, those who may not agree with us, uh, those who are obviously involved in great sins, and we've got to call them to repentance, and part of that is living that out before them. That's right, Tim. If We need to understand what, what the cost was, um, not only from our founding fathers, but, uh, but from our brethren over the, over the last couple of centuries. Uh, the blood that was spilt to give us what we have, uh, how dare we sit back and think that it's all over? They gave us this so that we can we can keep it, as Benjamin Franklin said, to keep our republic. Um, and even uh, I think it was Ronald Reagan, you know, love him or hate him, but he said that uh, freedom is not uh, not passed on from generation to generation. I'm a paraphrase here. It's but one generation away from being done in, isn't it? Yeah, it was handed down for each generation to to protect and to keep um and it it is always one generation from extinction and and how it has gotten this far is only in the or how we have kept it this far so to speak um is only in the hands of god i i don't see how uh how men left alone would be able to pull it off i really don't um but in the hands of god we uh we have fallen under judgment enough that People are starting to wake up, I think. Uh, over the last several years, I've seen more and more, and I've heard more and more. Um, and those are the people that I, that I want to disciple. Those who have not gotten to that point are the people that I want to to bring the truth to. Um, and if, if we've been at that point for a long time, then let's get together and do something about it. So there, there's three aspects that, that need to be done, is we need to be bringing the truth and the light to those who don't have it. And we need to be discipling those who have just seen it or are still young in the faith. And then those 
men of renown, the men of old um, that have grown up in the faith, we need to be binding together to make sure that we are taking on the actions that are, that are required of us. That is our duty to do. So with that, um, I'll leave it to everyone's own uh, own conscience as to how they can pull that off. Amen. Amen. William, I want to give you the last word here, and then we'll close out the show. Final word of exhortation to the audience here. If you, you know, hopefully we can, maybe we bring you back on uh, in the future. But if this was your last time speaking to them, what would you say to them as a word of encouragement? You know, um, there's many things that that people do, uh, and there's many actions that have to be taken on. And not one man, not two men, not three men can can handle all of what we see that needs to be done, right? And I'm not saying it's impossible because with God, all things are possible. But in, uh, in the human form, it requires uh, men, plural, to accomplish the actions required here. Um, but I'll leave it off. Uh, and I think Bradley's mentioned this too, and he mentioned it before I ever had a chance to say it. So I'll give him the credit for it. But uh, but Edmund Burke is always quoted as saying uh, evil prevails only because good men do nothing. Right. And and Bradley is absolutely right when he said that Edmund Burke is absolutely wrong. Uh, good men do not allow evil to prevail. That's right. If we want to call ourselves good men, we will put a stop to it every time we see it. Um, this is something that uh, that in the faith we are always at war with sin. Right. It is always. Uh, it always causes an immediate indignation when I see the things that God calls abominable or the things that God hates. Uh, I can no longer stand back and just watch it being done, whether it be in my own life, my kids' life, uh, my friends or brothers. Um, it, it requires a word to speak out, to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Right? That means do it as long as possible. It's not something where uh, you call out you call out somebody, uh, whether it be a brother or even someone in government. It's not it's not that you just call it out and say, "Well, you didn't listen, so you're you're condemned. You're 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 going to hell." No, no, we we get out there and we we do it and we do it over and we do it over and we do it over and it's burdensome, but the Lord's yoke is light. If we do it uh, for the Lord's glory it will not be burdensome to us. That's right. So if, and I'll say it again, if we want the results we used to get, we have to do the things we used to do, man. That's right. It's as simple as that. Yep. Yep. And you're right about that. The Lord's yoke and his burden is easy and light and the way of the sinner is the one that's hard. That's what the scripture says. It's it's hard. And uh, I, I see you guys coming together. You know, there was, we, we had a little bit of contention there on Friday night, but then it was resolved. It was resolved because men were willing to talk about it. And, um, or at least I, I think it seemed like it ended up getting resolved. And that, that's what we need. We need men to sort out those things, be able to be men and not be so offended because somebody disagrees, but to, to come and to, to talk about those things and to sort it out and to bring it back to the scripture. I think that was one of the things that was, that was, that was used there. Even in that contention, it was always going back to the scripture and saying, 
the scriptures are the authority. What does it say? What is it saying to us? And that's where that's where the emphasis was. Uh, Bill, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I know you're up early anyway, so you didn't have to get up early, but I do appreciate your time and even staying on with us. Hang with me, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com today, and then Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, and we'll talk to you then. See you.